Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, could Cedric Mullins' promotion to Baltimore be imminent? Also, with the season already over for the Orioles, Josh and I will tell you some reasons that you should still be tuning in. in. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka, and as always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt. We should probably start off with why this sounds a little different. We are not in a nice uh, audio-controlled studio like we normally are. Yeah, we're taking this show on the road. We're not in 336 studios. We're, so we're down on vacation. We're sharing one mic. And we're in probably the echoiest room that we could be in, but it's quiet. Yeah. So it's away from the kids. So you'll have to deal with a little extra reverb, a little extra noise, but uh, at least it's quiet. And then when we get back to the studio, they'll appreciate our studio shows all that much more. Right. We got to do a, a show them what they're they're missing. And this will be also the final show without the zany one, Burt Rohde. I know everyone's itching to have the zany one back. Yeah, I think we're itching to have the zany one back. He has missed out he, on about a month of shows. He's missed out on all the fun of every Oriole leaving Baltimore. Yeah. So it'll be good to have him back and see what he knows is going on. Yeah, and up until this point, I think it's been okay because we could talk about all these guys losing and who we got back and break down the trades and stuff. But now that all that trade stuff is done... Psh- don't have much left to uh, chat about here, so we could use the zany one back and all his stories and zaniness. So, hurry back, Bert. You just don't want to do this all the time? That would be the Hall of Fame, new Hall of Fame, Ray Lewis. Mm, yeah, so we can start there. That's his yelling intro. Yeah, we don't do a whole lot of Ravens it is, talk. It is football season. Yeah. Week one of football season. I just did this with film study, that this is week one as we record Wednesday night. The Ravens play preseason week one game on Thursday night. Even though they played the Hall of Fame game last week, this is still classified as week one because it's when the rest of the NFL joined. 
Yeah. Now, did film study, did he break down and watch the tape on Ray Lewis's speech and kind of go by it line by line and, and offer his key analysis to high points in the speech? And, and We did not break down the speech. Oh, you guys missed opportunity right there. I think it's a little... Um, I think Ray gets a little religious for, for Ken. Ooh, yeah. So that, that I think that rubs a lot of that, that rubs, triggers a lot of people. Yeah, either it either triggers you or you enjoy it. It's, yeah. it's very much like Tim Tebow. Yeah, where there's lots of people who hate Tim Tebow and the same amount of people that love Tim Tebow. Yeah, and I mean I make my bias known. I'm a Baltimore guy, and Ray Lewis is the greatest football player I've ever seen play. And so when he gives a speech, he could go up there and he could bark for all I right. care and I'm still going to say that was a great speech because I'm biased and I, and I just love Ray Lewis and I love my Ray and, I, and I like players. Pastor Ray yeah I, 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 yeah, I, I like that too I, I like, like that when he goes into the preaching I like that he had his own headset I like that he just owned that stage yeah uh, I, I liked everything about it yep I, uh, I was disappointed that my, my my tweet of the night was not getting much much play on Twitter, and um, I thought it was really good. And, and and what tweet was that? I pulled out his Ray Lewis's no weapon verse and went with no podium, just Dan. Oh no, po- no podium against yeah. me, just, and just no Dan. podium against me. Yeah. and I thought that was a lot better than it got credit for on the internet. Yeah, that, that, that's, but that's no, a solid tweet. I love that they gave Ray Lewis the headset mic. Yeah, because that's classic Ray. And my fear is that it sets the precedence for a bunch of football players that I don't want to see do that. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think there was always kind of special exceptions made yeah. for Ray. And I think all of that stuff, the, f- the fact that Ray is so over the top and all the reasons I love it is why a lot of people don't like it, which I get. And that's why, honestly, right. I stay off Twitter and things because negative comments about Ray Lewis gets me triggered. <laughs> so. Sure. It's people want to think that it's it's fake that or they want to bring up the murder or, or just a fake. And sorry, I like... When Ray Lewis is talking about love each other, respect each other, like serve and work together, those are all great things that I believe in, and, and so I like all that. And Yeah, and he's got some, I mean, it's just kind of amazing. I mean, I know no one really talked about this, but just a common speech about how he calls Steve McNair's mom every Sunday. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Right. Uh, and he still keeps in touch with his old college roommate's parents. Right. Like that kind of stuff is pretty insane. Uh, and I think that shows kind of the type of person Ray Lewis is. He's intense in every aspect. And right. And he's just, I know that that was all scripted and he had the teleprompt, but I couldn't, at some point it sure felt like he would just get off topic. He'd be like something, something. We need to bring prayer back in school. Michael Phelps. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? It was, it was a bit random. Yeah. He was a little bit everywhere on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And the only thing that sometimes rubs me a little bit the wrong way about Ray is like you have to understand like no one's created or built like Ray Lewis. <laughs> like I feel like sometimes he calls us to be like him, right? And that's like impossible because he's just so intense and um, he's just kind of a special human being. Yeah. I never knew about his company Power Fifty Two until he mentioned it in his speech, and then I looked it up. And it's like this awesome like company he did that like does solar panels and stuff. But it's all like everyone that he's hiring are like people who can't get jobs elsewhere. Mm. And it's like this huge community service to Baltimore City. And it was pretty awesome to read about. Yeah, I didn't know about that either. Yeah, pretty cool. So, 
Yeah, so uh, we both love the Ray Lewis speech, but I mean, it, I can't imagine Ray Lewis going up there and doing anything that I wouldn't love because I just love Ray Lewis. Yeah. Did you watch the Hall of Fame game? No. Me either. I'll watch tomorrow night. I'll watch, I'll watch week one. Yeah. I was just happened to be traveling. We were driving down. Yeah, I saw some island. highlights, and I'll stick with the highlights on the Hall yeah. of Fame game. Right, exactly. So uh, that's our football talk. Yeah. Let's transition to, to the Orioles here. Yeah. Uh, rumor has it on Tuesday, Adam Jones was taking balls in right field in warm-ups. Okay, that's good. The well, scuttlebutt is this is paving the way for Cedric Mullins to come up play center field and Adam Jones to move to right. Right. Now, last week, uh, Adam Jones was on a podcast, not Section 336, but he was on C.C. Sabathia's podcast. What is it? C.C. 2? C2, C2R2. I think C2R2. And it's with another guy. I don't know the other guy, but I know Sabathia. So Adam Jones, when the Orioles were up in New York, recorded this podcast with CC, and it, you should go and check it out. It was a good listen and some inside Adam Jones stuff. And he, Adam, brought up the Cedric Mullins center field conversation on his own, saying that he's been telling the Orioles, if this kid can play center field, bring him up. I'll move to right field. Yeah, he, he says he he's been suggesting that for a while. Now, I wasn't clear in the interview. It sounded like he was saying, come September, I'll, right. I'll move to right field and give him a taste at center. Right. But before that, he was saying it's still valuable to bring Cedric Mullins up. To learn from me. To learn and to get the at-bats. Right. And that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and he did make it clear of the kid needs at-bats. Get him yeah. up here for the at-bats. And he definitely leaned on the at-bats rather than taking over center field. Yeah. And this is a significant story, not because... Adam Jones should be saying when players are caught up, but because everyone's saying Cedric Mullins is kind of the heir apparent to Adam Jones, right? And this does have the potential for some conflict, especially because Adam Jones can be a little weird sometimes with this with this kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah, Adam Jones is very outspoken and at the same time doesn't say anything. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he loves not, to drop serious. He loves to drop hints. He loves to, um, yeah, kind of be a little bit cryptic. But we all, but yeah, we at least the plan is for Cedric Mullins to be the center fielder of the future. Maybe and Cedric but, but Mullins to, seems well, to be, and to make the decision over the next couple of years because right. I, I, I'm not convinced that he's good enough to be an everyday center fielder. Right. I mean, coming up through the minors, he was often looked at best case scenario as a fourth outfielder. So now he's having a good year, or he had a good year last year, and then a good year this year. And all of a sudden, he's your starting center fielder for the next seven years. Right. I'm not convinced that's true. That's kind of feels. But you like, want to see him, right? We want to bring up and see him, but you also got to remember that last season, uh, Austin Hayes was having a great season out in the outfield. Yeah, they brought him up. He did okay, and then he's they're so down this year. He's not even in the conversation anymore. Yeah, mostly due to injuries. But yeah, this is what we're gonna. I feel like my fear is we're gonna start calling. You know, we have the Jake Fox Award for spring training. I feel like the minor league thing is going to be the Austin Hayes Award for having one great minor league year that you blow up and then kind of disappear again the next year. Right. I hope not. I mean, I, we all hope Cedric Mullins is the future. He seems like a kid that's, that's easy to root for. Yeah. And a kid we'd, we'd want on, uh, on here. On at, the, at the same time, at Bowie, there's a kid, Ryan McKenna, who started off in single A, now is up to double A. And his ranking, so you don't know. Is Ryan McKenna the guy? That, mm-hmm. so, so we, I mean, but that's it's time to 
it's time to start finding out. Yeah, we have a lot of good outfielders in this organization, so we need to start finding out, okay, which ones are going to kind of rise to the top. Right, so today's August 8th. Do you think we wait until September to see Cedric Mullins? Or do you think Adam Jones warming up in right field on Tuesday is a sign that they're, they're going to bring him up earlier? Uh, I, I do think it's a sign they're going to bring him up earlier. There's a couple issues here. One is the past two days, Cedric Mullins has been out of the lineup in Norfolk because he's been sick. Right. So that Just, kind of plays into it. I also heard that they didn't want to. I don't know if it's true. It's probably just people conjecturing. But they didn't want to bring him up in Tampa Bay because of that Tropicana field. Not of being, the turf. Yeah, the turf not being the best. Buck, Buck um, is so against turf Yeah, that I could see him saying... No, no turf. No. We'll, we'll wait till we're right. back home, or we'll wait till we're in a. If you watch show. Adam Jones or Buck Showalter, will rest Adam Jones and other guys oh, yeah. a lot in Toronto because he doesn't want them dealing with that turf. Oh yeah, he, uh, that's something he takes seriously. Um, so I do think it'll be well before September that we see him. Um, I guess it de- I think it's, I think at this point it depends on his health. Um, and kind of the Orioles schedule. And so I, I would expect, I don't know who we have coming next year after Tampa Bay. Boston, I want to say. Uh, I don't know the schedule in front of me. But I think it's going to come down to his health and, and putting him in a good situation um, as far as the opponent and, and the stadium um, so that Cedric Mullins can be successful. Right, it's the Red Sox in Baltimore this weekend. Yeah, which you would think you would want to bring them up. You bring them up at home on a weekend. I mean, right, right now you're kind of desperate to try to sell tickets and anything that can get people's attention. Yeah. So you would think you bring them up for a home and, series. And, and Saturday's a doubleheader, so that could be kind of that fun could and be interesting. Your, extra, your and 26 gives, man and give you excuse to 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 do Adam Jones to arrest Adam Jones. But I mean, I don't want him to be a 26 man come up and come down. Right. Um, I want him to be a permanent stay. Stay up here. Um, just other comments from Adam Jones in the podcast. Kind of interesting. He talked. He expanded more on why he turned down the Orioles' trade. He he, you know, utilized his ten five rights or whatever. Right. Blocked the trade. And part of the reasons he said he did it is because the Orioles came to him so late in the process, like five days before the trade deadline. And this he felt was like not enough time to make a good decision. Um, with his family, so he erred not to. Where he said, it, if they would have come yeah. earlier and told him about the trade, he might have been more likely to have agreed to the trade if they would have given him more notice. All right, the Orioles suck. There's been rumors that they could trade Adam Jones for weeks. There were rumors that the Cleveland Indians were interested for weeks. Don't is it weird that Adam Jones did not have a conversation with his wife? Weeks ahead, saying, "Hey, if the Orioles come to me with a trade offer, are we interested in going?" Oh, I'm a hundred percent sure they had that conversation. Okay, so do you think this is a bunch of crap of him saying you only gave me five days' notice? Yeah, because I, I, I can see the Orioles also being like, "We want to respect Adam Jones and not go to him unless we have a real offer." Yeah, and I think this is just kind of one of those. I mean, it appears to me like a classic miscommunication where. Dan Duquette might be viewing this as being kind of respectful. We'll wait till we have a deal in hand to come talk to you. And then Adam Jones could be like, you guys are disrespecting me that you're not keeping me in the loop of all the talks. Right? Because Adam Jones wants to be, and we've known this for a while, like he wants to be 
He wants to know what's going on. He wants to meet with the ownership. He wants to be a part of the process. And Dan Duquette doesn't do that. He doesn't fill players in on all the trade negotiations and sure. and what he's thinking. Um, and so I kind of see both sides of this. I see from Adam Jones' side, baseball sports are changing where players have more power, players have more influence. Right, we're seeing it in the NBA. Yeah, I think we also see in baseball too where, where, where players have influence and, and players want to know the direction of a franchise they they don't just want to be cogs in the little, you know, in the team. That they want to have say, um, and and not 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 necessarily have say in decision making, but like at least have. They want to be heard. They, yeah, ha, be be heard and be told what management is thinking. And I can understand that when on the other side it's like, you are this player is the face of the organization. Yeah. So I kind of want to. Players like, matter, not right. So when, Who cares about ownership? When I'm the face of an organization, I want to know what this organization that I'm the face of, what the plan is. Yeah, and Adam Jones feels he's like that. And I think he feels he's earned that right to know the direction of the team. But I think Dan Duquette's a little bit more old school, right? And so Dan Duquette says, you know, whatever. I'm making my decisions. You're a player. You do what we say. If that's kind that, of how that works. Yeah, and that's also because Dan Duquette doesn't know the future of this organization. He doesn't know what way they're going. Well, I, I, I hope know. he has a good idea, right? Do you think he? Do you think he had? Do you think Dan Duquette has an idea of whether or not he is staying with the organization? I would hope so. At this point, I would hope so. I feel like it's still up in the air. I, it, it may be, but I would, I would hope he has some indication, right? I would hope he has some indication of he's definitely gone, or like we're gonna wait and see and reassess, and we're gonna kind of sit down and. And, you know, at least if he knows that, and I think that's going to happen I think at the end of the season, everyone's going to kind of sit down and they're going to look at this team, the way it's constructed, the future, and say, okay, is Dan Duquette the best person going forward um, or not? And so I don't think it's so much Dan Duquette being kept out of the loop. I think it's even management, I think, right now has to decide kind of what direction sure. they want to go. Sure, I can understand that. I mean, at this point, honestly, I don't know how much it matters, right? You already traded all your big pieces, um, now it's just like let these players develop. You're not signing in anybody big in free agency this year. So this next year and the year after probably just kind of wait and see mode, right? Wait and see how these young players develop. Um, and so I think the hard work of trading Manny and Zach and Kevin and John, the hard work's kind of done. Uh, and so now it's the work actually I think becomes... Well, I don't say the hard work's done. The work just becomes different, right? The work now becomes scouting and international signings and... Right. It's now it's the hard not, work. Not the other stuff. It's how do we, It's now making this rebuild a three-year. Yeah. So do you think Dan Duquette is the best guy to do international signings? Do you think Dan Duquette is the best guy to hire appropriate scouts and draft the right players? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Sure. If you think Dan's the best guy to do that, then, then stick with Dan. If you think, And I... I tend to, to think that Dan's the guy, but... And I agree with you. I think... Uh, I don't know Bert's thoughts of this, and, uh, but I agree. You and I, I think, have been spoken for months about how we are comfortable with Dan, and that conference call, and then their actions since that conference call, showing that they are taking this rebuild seriously, gives me even more confidence that Dan is the guy, because it makes it look like his hands were tied for five years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they were always in kind of win now mode, maximize all resources to, to winning now. 
Dan, that left Dan Duquette without a lot of money trying to sign these fringe players who would have big years, like your Nelson Cruises. And sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't work. <laughs> but I think it worked more with Dan Duquette than it would have worked kind of with other people in management, but you could debate that. Um, all right. So all that all that exists. Um, I think one of the reasons everyone's going to hide for Cedric Mullins, it's not even that Cedric Mullins is that good. Like, I think he's an upgrade defensively. Uh, I think I don't really know what to expect from him offensively. He brings a little bit of speed. It's just change. Yeah, it's change, and it's we don't have any young players who are ready to join the majors. If you look at our team, it's almost amazing, right? If you look at our team, position players, position players, we are a bunch of veteran players out there, right? Like uh, if you just go through some of the position players, if you look at. Uh, I mean, even if you're in the infield, Chris Davis, right? He's a veteran. Um, VR, I guess he's younger, but he's still been in the league a few right. years. So has Tim Beckham. Nunez on a third is one of the only guys who's kind of a who's a really a young player. Um, in the outfield, Jones is a veteran. Mancini has been around for a few years. Um, Rickard has been around for a few years. Trumbo certainly is a veteran. If I don't remember if I mentioned him. Um, so we, it's just all these veteran players on a team that's kind of rebuilding. And so you say, okay, you got to look for the youth, look for the youth, let 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 the kids play. But the only one that's ready to play is Cedric Mullins. So Cedric Mullins kind of rep- represents going young this year because he's like the only position player um, that is was highly touted prospect that's ready to come up. Uh, Chance Sisko, I don't know what was going on with Chance Sisko. He's kind of had a really unfortunate year. And then all the rest of the guys. The Diaz's, the Mountcastles, um, the Hayes, don't the Stewarts don't appear to be ready yet. So that kind of puts all the pressure on Cedric Mullins as being our young guy. Sure. So he is the youth movement <laughs> this year, Cedric Mullins. That's it. Because uh, Danny Valencia is not the youth movement, so it's on. It's on Mullins. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so that leads us to it'd be interesting to see what happens to Cedric Mullins. But um, I asked you before the show started, let's jot down five interesting things that we can look for with this Orioles team going forward, right? Because the fact is, they're, I don't know, what, 47 games out of first place or something like that. Um, We have no chance of winning. We really don't have any young players to watch either. Uh, Right. So why should we still... Yeah. I mean, is it we and I, I you so, know, well, we can't either. And I was thinking about this. Well, maybe we can watch. Well, before I say that, I'll, I'll hear your five reasons. Um, but I want to share some of mine that didn't make the list. But all right. But first, let's go over the ones that made the list. So five interesting things to watch for this season. Um, let's go back and forth. You give one, and then I'll give one. All right. I've got Zach Bit Zach Britton returns, and we get to see him in pinstripes. Okay. And that's um. That's coming up real soon. I think it's the end of the month. Maybe it's the beginning of September. Yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a struggle. For I saw Zach Britton just blew He's, a save again the other day. Yeah, we've seen him blow the second blow save. He struggled. Jonathan Scope has struggled miserably over with the Brewers. I think he has. Um, like, hold on, I have it right here. I don't know if he has any hits at this point. No, he has a couple. Here's his stats: Jonathan Scope with the Brewers this year. Um, since the trade, he has 25 at-bats and three hits. 
He has 25 at-bats and 11 strikeouts. Yeah, that's, that's Chris Davis territory. It's been really bad. Uh, and, could you, and could you imagine Brewer fans who, you know, Scope's not the star. Manny was the star from Baltimore. So there's lots of Brewer fans that don't know Scope's track record. Yeah, and if you trade away a couple good prospects like they did for, for, for Jonathan Scope. We've gone through it in Baltimore. Think of how many guys we would trade in Gerardo uh, Pera. Yeah, and, and then just he came and turned terrible. Did, he was horrible. <laughs> and we said, we, we give a prospect for this? He was like the hottest bat in the National League when we pulled him over. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, and so that's kind of what they're experiencing um, in, in, in Milwaukee. I, but, hope, I hope he turns it around. It's still early. It doesn't right. really matter what he does now. If they can get into the playoffs and then what he does in the playoffs, that will be more important. But the weekend of 24, 25, 26, the Yankees are in town. Yeah. So to see Britain in pinstripes, you've... It's so awkward, but you got to cheer for Britain, right? When he gets in. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. You have to cheer and clap for him, even though he's in pinstripes. Yes. I want Zach Britton to do well and the Yankees to lose. Yes. I think we can can make that work. I think... But what's been happening, like what happened the other day against the White Sox... He struggled. He struggled, but the Yankees still win. Yeah. That's that's, the worst. (laughs) That's the wrong thing. Yeah, that's the the worst case scenario. All right. What's on your list? All right. So, number five for me is... Um, we can see if the Orioles can quit for wit better than the Royals. So the Kansas City Royals and the Baltimore Orioles right now are fighting it out for the worst record in baseball. And we, can, we will find out if the Orioles win by losing and get the number one draft pick, which everyone now presumes will be Bobby Witt Jr. All right, I can see that. Quit for wit. Quit for wit. No. Which reminds me, we got to get to our hashtags later in the yeah, show. Yeah, we'll get to hashtags. At the end of the show, we'll get to some hashtags for the rebuilding Orioles. But the, the thing I want to say about that, too, though, is everyone's been saying this quit for wit. And hashtags are dangerous things because they can get people excited. Bobby Witt Jr. is not like Bryce Harper was a few years ago, or okay. even Steven Strasburg was a few years ago. Or like, like, if, or like Victor Victor. Well, He's another guy. No one knows. Nobody has ever seen Victor Victor hit a ball. Yeah. No Oriole fan has seen Victor Victor know, hit a ball. I know. No one knows anything about him. The, but the way uh, people well, talk about him. Yeah, you think he's the next uh, Babe Ruth. Yeah. I think I heard someone say that if Victor Victor was in that draft, he would go mid to late first round. Right. Um, but, but Bobby Witt is not like he's a high school shortstop. He's not can't miss. Yeah. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer. None of these are can't miss guys. Yeah, I mean, like Bryce Harper felt like a can't miss guy. Um, but I feel like we've had our own can't miss guys who've missed, so whatever. <laughs> right, right. right. Um, so if we get second, I mean, if we get second to last instead of last, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But something interesting to watch because the Royals are really bad too. And for how bad the Orioles are, the Royals are just as bad. Um, going into tonight, they were tied with the worst record in baseball. The Orioles won. I, don't, I haven't seen what the Royals have done tonight. But if they um, if they lost, then they have taken over. And that's even spot. bigger than quit for wit. That is, one of these teams is going to set the record for the worst season ever by a, in the modern era of Major League Baseball. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, would, would you rather not have wit? And that means you don't have to go in as and the record the worst. books. Because no one remembers the team with the second worst record. Right. Even if we both have the worst record, uh, no one remembers the team who got the second worst record. People yep. just remember the team with the worst record. Right. Uh, another thing to go 
this will be a reason to go to some Oriole games beyond continuing to watch are the giveaways because the Orioles are in full uh, minor league promotion mode with trying to get people to the stadium where they, they started with the hats of all the local colleges. And they started with just UMBC, which made sense because UMBC had the fun uh, 16 seed win. And we thought we were celebrating that. Now it's like once a week is a different local college. And they've got like a dozen colleges. So if you go to one, you can go and buy special sections and get a hat and that colors. They've got, Kevin Gall- they've got the Kevin Galsman giveaway on a dragon for Game of Thrones night. Even though Kevin Gosling is no longer a baseball player for our team. Exactly. <laughs> They've got, they just announced today Birdland Mania, which is a WWE-inspired uh, Oriole Bird bobblehead. And now this one does sound a lot like a minor league one. Yeah, this one is the like, this is the one where it's like, all right, yeah, you've gone full minor league. Yeah. Um, this one disappointed me because we know how much Adam Jones loves wrestling. We know how he used to carry belts around the, the, his uh, clubhouse and stuff. And it seemed like a great promotion to make Adam Jones the wrestler instead of the Oriole Bird. But I think they're just living off that mistake of the Kevin Gosman Game of Thrones night and not putting another player in one of these. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that might but be true. Hof- but next, hopefully we'll get some uh, Monkey Rodeo soon. And they're in full minor league, which also adds excitement for next season. As they try to build on this. Well, I saw a commercial during the game, too, for a retro talking alarm clock. Where Joe Angel will wake you up in the alarm clock. That actually kind of looks pretty cool. Alright, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I, I know at our, in our dad's house there's a talking Chuck Thompson bobblehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, ain't the beer cold. What does the Joe Angel alarm clock say? I don't know. If, if it gives you a... Uh, a kind of a wave it bye bye, or can we get a Gary Thorne flask talking flask giveaway? Yeah, I think that would be a good one too. Yeah, but that that's actually what I put as my, my my next one too. Insane promotions, and I feel like when we had the Dark Ages too, like they had some insane promotions too. Like right. what, what was the Sunday one? Like if the Orioles lost on a Sunday, you got a free ticket to the next Sunday yeah. game or something. Yeah, yeah, or like throwback ticket prices. Right, and and, and so I feel like desperate times when you're tanking. Right, uh, you do these insane things to get people to come. And to I game. also feel like this is what we've been asking for from the Orioles. I've never asked for it's, a it's WWE theme to be create to be creative. That's what you might have asked for. I've been asking for them to be creative. I just want to go and watch baseball we'll, games. We'll talk this off season about season tickets because they're they're doing all these promotions now to get through the year. The big conversation is going to be season ticket sales for next year, which are going to go down the tubes. Why would anyone buy season tickets to this team? Who's right, because they can't promise any more postseason, you know? Yeah. So that's where it's going to get intriguing. What else is on your list? Um, so, so that was I, that was number four. Uh, number three, I had infield tryouts for next year mm-hmm. and beyond. Yeah, definitely. So if you look at the infield, VR at second, contract is up in 2021. Same as Beckham. And Nunez, I don't know. I have to look his up. Um, But these are three young infielders. And in the minors, especially the high minors, we have no infield prospects outside of Ryan Mountcastle, who people aren't even sure if he's going to end up in the infield. So I feel like VR, Beckham, and Nunez, this is kind of their showcase to see if they can be long-term answers at their position. And right now, it's not going very well for Beckham at shortstop. 
<laughs> Yo. And, uh, it's been right, tough to watch. Team had five errors on tonight's game. Did not deserve to win that. Beckham's struggling. Uh, I've got a very similar conversation, but with the closer position. Now that Zach Britton's gone, and Brad Brock's gone, and Darren O'Day's gone, that's been our 7-8-9 for years. So this whole closer and, and in ball games, who are we setting up in that for next year? Is it Givens? Is it Mike Wright Jr.? Is it Tanner Scott? How is Buck planning to use that next year? Yeah, and I, I'll actually add to that because that was one of mine too. But, or kind of the same idea is that I had our young bullpen arms and kind of seeing what we have in these in this young bullpen arm. If, if you look at all these young guys, and there's a bunch... I know um, um, Jean Morenez just went on the, the, the DL, but you have Tanner Scott, you have Cody Carroll, you have Paul Fry, um, you have Evan Phillips, who they just caught up. Um, Salisbury kid. That, that's pretty exciting for you. Guy yeah, way. yeah, I mean, born in Salisbury. I think he grew up in North Carolina, but yeah, yeah. You like the Eastern Shore to represent. Uh, Oriole fan his whole life growing up. Yeah, Oriole fan his, his whole life growing up, which is cool. Dad involved on Twitter. Yeah. Cody Carroll, um, all these guys are, are young. Like Michael Givens seems like a veteran of this group. I mean, all these yeah, guys are 23, is. 24, 25 years old. And so I think, and, and it looks like a lot of good arms. Like Paul Fry looks really good. Cody Carroll looks like he has a really good arm. Tanner Scott has had ups and downs this year, but he, his stuff is just filthy. And so I think this is uh, Miguel Castro who somehow is only 23, and though I feel like he's been around forever. Um, I think there's a lot of young arms that can be exciting, and, and seeing kind of which arms are going to fit long-term is going to be kind of fun to watch. So I think a big thing to watch this year is to watch for that bullpen, see who has big gears, and see who um, kind of steps up with their chance. Because Cody Carroll and, and uh, Evan Phillips, two guys who have good arms, but probably would not have been given a shot anytime soon with the Yankees, now they come to Baltimore and they're immediately giving a shot. Um, or with the Braves for Phillips, uh, in the case of Phillips. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see what these young arms can do. All right, I also have happy goodbyes. Where guys like Adam Jones, Buck Showalter, these veterans, we might be saying goodbye to some more of these guys. And not through trade, but just, hey, the season ends, your contract's up, we're not going to be bringing you back. And we have a chance that we need to kind of forget about this season at this point and put the wins, losses behind us and think about the good times with these guys. I think it's a good point. I saw the stat while watching today's game, because I'm still watching these games like a moron. Yeah, I don't know why I'm watching them. I'm watching every game. Paul Blair, they, the Masson had a set on there. Paul Blair has played the most games in center for the Orioles at 1,654 games. Adam Jones is in second in Orioles history for games played at center at 1,555 games. Wow. 99 games behind Blair for the most games played at center field for the Orioles. So he's been with the Orioles for, I mean, 1,555 games. That's a lot of games. Yeah, at definitely. center field. Yeah. So uh, if you had to put a percentage on it, Josh, what would you say the percentage chances are of Adam Jones returning next year? Ooh, uh, 25%. Which I think is kind of high, but I'm going to go 25. percent Okay. Where, you, where? What about you? I don't know if you. I was saw some comments recently from Buck saying how rebuilding teams um, could use guys like Adam Jones. 
And that right. made me think, oh, well, maybe. But then you hear Dan Duquette's comments when Dan Duquette clearly has moved on. Um, so I think it's going to be how much Buck Showalter and ownership wants to keep Adam Jones. Um, and are they able, able to sway Dan Duquette into keeping Adam Jones? So I think 25% is actually a pretty good number. Um, I'd probably go a little higher. And I would say probably 35%. But I think 25% is fair. All right. Um, you got anything else on your list? I got one more. All right, me too. Uh, so my last one is tryouts for the starting rotation. Mm. So we're seeing... That's going to be some ugly baseball, but something to watch. We're seeing Jeffrey Ramirez. These guys, can I just say, J- Jeffrey Ramirez and David Hess. Like, they should not be given any more chances as starting pitchers. Like, they're kind of... I mean, if you look at David Hess with an area of 6.41, um, Jeffrey Ramirez with an area of 5.66, um, David Hess has started 10 games, Jeffrey Ramirez started 7 games. Like, in my eyes, kind of, I've seen enough, let's move on. But because we don't have those guys ready at AAA to come up and start... David Hess and Jeffrey Ramirez are getting more starts than they probably should, which is good for them. They have a chance to capitalize on some of these starts. Um, David, H- I mean, right now, for next year, we have Bundy, Cobb, maybe Kashner. I'm assuming we can't dump them somewhere else. But we still have two open positions. And right now, David Hess and Jeffrey Ramirez seem to be taking most of the starts. But it's a matter of time before someone else get some of those starts. Right. And so it's going to be interesting to watch to see if anyone this year can take hold of those fourth and fifth starters going into next year. Because there's significant openings for starters right now and next year to kind of get us through the next couple of years before our younger pitchers, because it seems like our better pitchers are in the lower minors. So before they get here, these other pitchers in AA and AAA have a chance to kind of take hold of the reins. So it'll be interesting to see if any, any of them do that. Yeah. So what about you? What's your last thing? Last thing is small crowds. As much as I love when Camden Yards is packed out and the crowd's rocking, I also enjoy when there's no one in the stadium and it's really small crowds and I don't have to wait in any lines and I can just walk on in, enjoy some baseball and leave. So I'm going to also enjoy these small crowds going to the games. It reminds me back of 2012 where... You got small crowds because people hadn't figured out yet that the Orioles were, win- were winning and they were they were doing well. Yeah. I, all right. Small crowds. Um, you know what's not on my list, which I was hoping to put on my list, but the more I looked at it, I just couldn't see it happening. And that's normally when you have a losing team, you can kind of root for the Orioles to play spoilers. Right. But there's not much room for spoiling because baseball in the American League has become so boring well, this year. Maybe in one way, the Orioles have kind of already acted as spoilers. With they've ruined the Yankees' season. Yes, between what the Orioles did, the Yankees, and then getting swept by Boston in Boston, the Yankees kind of are now t- nine and a half games back and kind of done. I feel like with a chance to win the AL East, but I feel like that's. I mean, the Yankees right now have a six twenty five winning percentage. It's just that Boston is eighty one and thirty four. Which is kind of insane, <laughs> the year that Boston's having. So, but but anyway, the the divisions are all wrapped up. The wild card, the Yankees are four games up. Um, 
And so up from Oakland. Uh, and so can Seattle catch Oakland and New York? Like can somehow Oakland and Seattle knock out the Yankees? It's highly doubtful. Right. And so it all seems wrapped up. It seems like they're just fighting. Oakland and Seattle are fighting for the second wildcard spot. At least it seems like that. So I don't even know if the Orioles can play spoiler this year. Um, but certainly maybe we already did and we helped it make sure that New York Yankees just playing a wildcard game. Right. Um, and there we will can be no root hard for them to lose. Right. There will be no magical 162 even in like we had many years ago. There's, yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine that scenario yeah. right now. Uh, which is, I think is unfortunate for, for baseball. But if you look at the National League, the National League is fun this year. Like, yes, it I is. I feel like there's 20 teams who can still make the playoffs. So that's kind of exciting. And all of them, I feel like, made moves to the trade deadline to get better. Um, we're not so much in the American League. So, no spoilers. Um, something else, honorable mention. I'm curious to see if Trumbo or Valencia or Kashner can play well enough to get traded uh, before September um, to one of these contending teams. And so Trumbo's been on fire lately. True. Will this continue and, and could he possibly be traded because of it? Same with Adam Jones. Yeah. He could still be traded. Yeah. I, don't know, I always forget, always get confused about trades in this late in the season past the non-restricted free agents or whatever. Yeah. but I think the deal is they have to clear waivers. So any right. other team could say we want him and their contract. Right. But they're like optional waivers. So like the Orioles can pull back any waiver. So if someone claims them, they can say, okay, we take it back. Right. And they can put it back on the right. team. We can throw Adam Jones out there. Yeah. And, and right. in fact, I think what they do is they throw every player out there. And so the players that aren't picked up kind of have cleared and they're going right. to be traded. Um, and But I think the deal has to go through before September 1st if you want them postseason on, the, on the playoff team. If you want them postseason. That, which I presume sense. if you're making the deal, you would want them on your playoff roster. Right. Um, um, yeah, so those are things to watch for. So we have some incentive to keep on watching. Right. And because you're a fan of the Orioles, you're going to watch anyway, probably because you're a sucker like us. So there are some things to pay attention to. I think some some reason to be excited, right? Like these bullpen arms, these these new starting pitchers. Um, the starting pitchers really, really don't excite me at all. But I'm just curious to see, like, does any of them, does David Hess actually kind of take the reins and kind of take advantage of the opportunity? But the bullpen arms actually have me excited. I think there's some really good bullpen arms there. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could easily rebuild to that great bullpen we had a few years ago, which is interesting. Yeah, it sounds like Michael Gibbons is now your closer. And I hope it does really well. You mean not Mike Wright Jr.? No, Michael Gibbons is your closer. And I hope it does really well because then we'll probably trade him. All right, last week we talked about, as we go into this, what we really need is a cool hashtag. Yeah, let's get to some of the hashtags. A cool hashtag, something we can throw on a shirt, something we can say. Yeah, like, so, something that says the Orioles are rebuilding. We are okay with being bad for the next couple years because mm-hmm. we're building towards something better in the future. But right now it sucks. Right. And we, we threw one out there. We threw out yeah. caution, wet floor. I said caution, floor. wet floor. Because this lets them know like we're not really ready for for the main right. stage, we still got some work going on here. The floor is wet. We're still working through it, and I fully acknowledge that's like the worst hashtag of all time. That's right. why we threw it right. out to that's you. That's not one that we can run with. I'm not very good at the twitters. We're st- we're starting small. Here's some that came in. Yeah. Uh, rebuild in zone. Hashtag. What's what's he building in there? Pardon our mess. Embrace the rebuild, rebuildville, 
rebuild lamb, danger construction site, I'll just tell them, believe in the build, rebuild the nest, viewer discretion advised, we still have Boog's barbecue, what's the worst that can happen, Habla in glass, and then uh, some more people encouraging you on caution wet floor. <laughs> Knuckleheads, don't encourage so, me. Uh, again, none of those really stand out to me as, as this is buckle up. I mean, unless we bring back buckle up as in it's going to be a bumpy ride. Yeah, I guess my, my favorite of those, maybe rebuild the nest. Right, rebuild the nest. Kind of like that one. Uh, that's not bad. Um, I don't mind viewer discretion advised. I think that's pretty good too. Yeah, was it one of those re, rebuild land? I think, I rebuild think land. I think that, that's kind of clever, playing on the bird land. Embrace the rebuild. Um, I think we can do better. I think we just need to work at it and we can do better. We can do something like warehousey, something kind of embracing Camden Yards. Okay, and, okay. Embracing the stadium. So we'll continue to work on it and we'll find something that we can go with as uh, all of our coconuts and us can go with. Yeah, because caution wet floor isn't going to cut it. No, no, no caution. Caution wet floor is not going to be the, the, uh, the thing. Unless you guys really want it, we'll make some Section 336 caution wet floor shirts. But I think that's going to speak more to our show instead of what the Orioles are going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you can go ahead and send, yeah. those, send those to at Burt Rohde and just send a random hashtag caution wet floor. Yeah. He won't know what you're talking about, so let's just yeah. get it out there. Go ahead and tweet at Burt Rohde, caution wet floor. And then if you have any other tweets, uh, any other hashtags that, that you think could make it, um, go ahead and tweet at Section 36 Show. Tweet, tweet us your hashtag and we'll, we'll share it and we'll see if we can find a, the best hashtag going. I'm going to sit down with these hashtags people said and I'm going to come up with my favorite. Right, right. Um, and see we'll, if we can come up with something even better. We're, we're on vacation. We'll spend some hard work around the pool trying to come up with new new yeah. hashtags. Um, I've talked about this a couple months ago that I was really we've been trying to push section336.com as this like great place and place to go and, and have Orioles conversations. So I've been working on it and I just wanted to bring it up now because we brought in a whole bunch of new writers and bloggers uh, this past week. So we've got a lot of new articles up there going on. Nice. Right now there's one that just came out today about how long should we expect the rebuild to take. Uh, one about Adam Jones and how important he is to this team. There's one from like last week or the week before all about the 2012 Nate McLeod home run ball. Remember the ball that Nate McLeod hit and... Uh, we thought it, we all thought it hit the foul pole. Yeah, this big debate. But yeah. they caught it, didn't it? Yeah. And then we lost the game. Yeah. So the question still remains now, did it hit the foul pole? Yeah. So that is, if you go to section336.com. Uh, That's a cool idea for an article. Yeah, it's yeah, a I cool like article. And that one was written, I want to give the guy credit. That was written by Harris Wellborn. And he breaks it down frame by frame. He went back to the footage and comes yeah. up with the ultimate answer of, did Nate McLeod hit the foul pole? Yeah, yeah. I like that. Let's revisit these old great moments in Birdland. We've got, I was just having a conversation tonight. We'll have an article coming out soon about the Glad You Came video. Nice. Because we all love that video. Yeah. There is one Oriole, one current Oriole in that video. Oh, really? So, yeah. Chris Davis? 
Dude, do you know who it is? I'm, I'm, maybe you don't know who Remember, it is. Chris Davis was hurt, I believe, when they made that video. Oh, man. I have to think about that one. No, you don't. Adam Jones? It's Adam Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Adam Jones is the only... So, um, we got a guy who's breaking down that for us and going through all the different players of that memorable season. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and, and where they all ended up now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, really exciting stuff going on over at section336.com. Yeah, we're not just a, a podcast anymore. We, we have, we're, we're a blog, too. Yeah, we're a blog. Um, for fans, by fans is what we're calling the blog. Yeah. Because it's, you got to be a fan to write for us. Yeah. That's the only requirement. So, check on that out. And hopefully you can write a sentence. But that's optional. As long as you're a fan, you can write gibberish, I guess. Anyone who's interested, I tell them. If you want some editorial work, I'll send it to Matt, and he can editorize you. Yeah. Or tear you apart. But besides that, yeah, we just want fans and a place for fans. So that's what we're doing. All right, cool. So you can check that out on section36.com. I want to end the show as we wrap up here with a quick coconut story, if I may. I saw this on, on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story. It's just a cool story. An eight-year-old with a 3D-printed hand is pitching for every MLB team. Yeah, she pitched for the Orioles last year. Yeah. We've did, had this conversation. We did? Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, what, how come it just showed up now on Twitter? I don't know. The, the Orioles were last season. We've had this conversation. Have you seen her arm? Were you in Africa last summer? No, I was here last summer. All right, then I don't know how you missed that. Yeah, I never missed arm. Really? Yeah. I never remember having this conversation. I mean, we may have not talked about it, but yes, I remember her pitching for the Orioles. Uh, Go ahead and share it. Well, I mean, I don't know. She just uh, she's an eight year old girl born with Poland syndrome, um, and she has a, robo- a robotic arm, a robotic hand. And on Tuesday, she pitched the opening pitch with Toronto Blue Jays, um, and she's going around to every team and pitching um, uh, and throwing out the first pitch. And her arm is so cool. And she she can switch. I guess I don't know um, how exactly this works, but for each each team, she takes on kind of the colors her. Robot, robotic arm picks on the colors of that. She of that she team. pitched for the Orioles in August nineteenth, twenty fifteen. Is when she threw for the oh, Orioles. Oh, then I you might have been I in probably was that summer, then, so you yeah. might have missed that story. Yeah, I missed that story. All right, that's unbelievable. Um, that was three years ago. I'm three years. That's uh, I'm three years too late to the story. All right, classic me. Kind of lame of Major League Baseball that it's been three years and she hasn't gone through all the teams yet. Yeah, it might be her schedule too. You never know. Um, but that's kind of cool. Well, it's cool that she's following through even three years later. Yeah. All right. So check that out on Twitter. It's a pretty cool story. All right, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in on this special, I guess, special edition from from a basement in Corolla, North Carolina. All right. We'll be back on Monday as normal with the Zany Burt Road. Zany, and the Zany one better have a bunch of good stories. I'm relying on him to carry the show. Oh, I'm assuming we're going to be talking Disney for an hour and not yeah. Oreo baseball. I'm going to sit back and listen for an hour to Burt's to stories because he, he owes us an entire show of just talking the entire time. <laughs> All right, boys and girls. Check us out. Write us a review on iTunes. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Section 36 Show. And you can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Quit for wit. <laughs>